You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Straight in we go because the great man very busy. I, I, I can't imagine uh, why he would even agree to talk to us because you have a massive. Uh, mission on a sans Liam Santa Maria. We're just getting him up uh, on the back of the Kings, taking out the breakers 77 69. And well, what a wonderful, wonderful final series it was to going down to the wire. The MVP of the league taking his team out there on the home court. A 45 million people in the stands and courtside calling the game for Australia and for us is ESPN basketball analyst Liam Santa Maria. Liam. Did you even sleep last night? <laughs> hey, Staffy, good to be back with you, mate. Uh, I got some sleep. Yeah, I don't know if any of the Sydney Kings or their fans got got any sleep. The celebrations were in, in full effect last night for them, and I dare say maybe some of the, the breakers didn't get much sleep as well. Tossed and turned, I imagine, a little bit because um, it came right down to the wire, right down to that fourth quarter, and, and in the end it was just a decisive run by the by the Kings that got them over the line and got them the trophy. I thought oh, th- there's just so many stories within this game. It must be a writer's dream. But if I I want to start with the Kings because most of the story came out of there for me. Derek Walton Jr. Jr. fourth quarter was, oh, he was clutch. Yeah, he was. He was all kinds of clutch. Um, and with, with Xavier Cooks banged up, uh, it became... Derek Walton Jr. that was the key to the series for the for the Kings. You know they've got some really key role players, and I'm sure we're going to talk about Angus Glover in a couple of minutes and what he did uh, over the course of the series, but certainly in that game five. But it became apparent that Walton Jr. needed to be great mm. for the Kings to get over the line, and and he was that. He was that in game five. He was that in that second half. Um, and Jake Buford spoke post game about how. Things became really simple for them at the offensive end in that fourth quarter. He said, we gave the ball to Derek, and we said, mate, go and do your thing, and we'll just play off you. And his ability to break down the defense, um, get past his man, draw the help, his ability to pull up and knock down shots in clutch moments came to the fore in that thrilling final quarter, and uh, he was a deserving championship series MVP in the end. He, I do want to talk about Xavier Cooks too because I, I'll be perfectly honest, I didn't watch much of him during the regular season. I watched basic, basically the Breakers games and occasionally another one. <clears throat> and then he was named as MVP. So I'm looking forward to watch this guy. And in the final series, I don't feel like he's he's exuded league MVP credentials. But last night, and even last night to a degree, and admittedly banged up, mm-hmm. he made key plays at key times, then he injects himself at the right time, yeah. makes the right decision and breaks our hearts. Yeah. And it was fascinating to see him have that kind of performance in that game five. Because you're right, he, he hadn't been good over the course of the series. Uh, he spoke to us post-game and said, look, let's be honest. I mean, Gerald Brantley had my number. He completely outplayed me over the course of, of the series and, and I need to be better. Um, now, he was banged up. He copped some knocks in that game one and he had a 
bad ankle and a bad knee, and he was sore. And so he wasn't at his usual level. Um, but then 19 points and 11 rebounds mm. in game five, playing mm. through foul trouble. And I, I think you're right when you point to a couple of key plays that were winning plays in, in huge moments. The offensive rebound and put back yep. uh, in that, in, when they were making that 14 to zip run. I mean, that was all heart and hustle from Xavier Cooks in that moment. And then the athletic rejection of Derek Pardon uh, at, at the other end as well. So two defining moments um, from the MVP and um, part of what the Kings needed to get over the line. Angus Glover, I do want to talk about him. I want him DNA checked. I'm sure he's got some New Zealand blood in him because, boy, what an absolute, what an Anzac. Let's call him an Anzac. Um, what he did, and he wasn't playing up to how sore he was. He was sore. I mean, amazing hair, an amazing beard, and amazing guts, and amazing glory. He deserved it. Yeah, he was terrific, you know, and I mean, for some of your listeners who maybe didn't watch last night or don't know the Angus Glover story. Please tell us. That's what I wanted you to do. Well, he, yeah. I mean, it's remarkable that he's even out there, to be honest. And we'll talk about what he did in that game five. But he's had three knee reconstructions. He's just a young man, 21, 22 years of age, I think. And he's had three knee reconstructions on the same knee. <laughs> and they took a piece of one of his hamstrings to, to, to help the process the first time, a piece of his other hamstring to help the process the second time. And when he redid it the third time, they, they couldn't go back to either of his hamstrings, so they got some of his dad's. So he's got some of his dad's hamstring in his knee there, helping to piece it together. And he was told by the surgeon at that time, you're better off retiring. He ignored that advice, mm. came back, and... Um, is now, you know, in that in the final series, he was arguably Sydney's most consistent player. Average double-digit points off the bench. And then in that game five, Andrew Gaze noticed at halftime in the warm-up, warm he said, Angus Glover's not right. He's, he's grabbing at his ribs, his sternum. He was actually, it turned out he was finding it really hard to breathe. I think we're going to find out he had cracked ribs. Uh, he was saying that maybe they're just bruised post-game, but he was really came back on the court all taped up under his jersey in that fourth quarter when they were down seven. Chase Buford just threw caution to the wind and threw him back out there. He was hunched over, couldn't stand up straight, and was struggling to breathe, and then just had two huge plays. Uh, re- rebounded his own miss off the side of the backboard and rose up and threw it down in traffic and then hit a massive three uh, the next possession, and that was really the start of what was a 14 to zip run by the Kings that ended up it, with them winning the championship. So a really phenomenal story and, and all kinds of courage from that young man. Mm. Yeah, thank you for telling that story because I, I heard glimpses of it during the commentary about the three knee constructions. I was like, this is amazing. I've just looked up a year. He's only 24. So what? Mm-hmm. gosh, he's had a life full of injuries and probably not long of his playing career. A quick look at the breakers too. Um, we always like to analyse why did we lose, why did we lose. Um, we're still really proud of the Breakers and what they've done last to second, uh, pushing Sydney Kings all the way to a deciding game. But but um, strategically, what do you feel like they, they got wrong? I've got a couple of my theories, but you're the expert, so I want to hear yours. Oh, look, not a lot, to be honest. I, I feel like it would be a bit harsh to, to, 
to um, pick at some of you know things that Modi Mayor might have done in Game Five or over the course of the series that that didn't work out because man they were great competitors mm. and and a couple of shots here and there and we're actually telling the stories of the breakers here today as the champions going from last last season to to the to the champions so it's really hard in that regard I thought that they had that game won a couple of times last night yeah up double digits in the first quarter up 12 early in the second Isaiah Liapa had a wide open three on the wing to put them up 15 which that would be an enormous holder to to crawl back from in a big game like that and then in that situation up seven in the fourth quarter with just six minutes to go man I mean when they watch the game back I think Modi's probably going to pause the tape at that moment and look at the score and the time and say, man, how did we not win the title from here? Um, so, yep, they, you know, we could talk about the fact that maybe the ball should have been more in Will McDowell White's hands in that fourth quarter and, and let him create. We can talk about the timeout he took when they're up 12 and maybe oh, no. that lost some momentum, um, which we noted on the broadcast at the time. But look, he's been a spectacular coach. He's done an unbelievable job with that team. And uh, I think that the real story is the success that they had this season and that the breakers are back as a force of the ANBL. Agree. Liam, we're out of time, buddy. I really appreciate every time you've come and spoken to us. always makes the show better. So in the day after the final, once again, I appreciate you. Thanks for jumping on. We'll stay in touch. Cheers, Daffy. Speak soon, mate. Cheers, mate. Liam Santa Maria, uh, basketball analyst for ESPN. Want to play the vault? Do it now. 0800 150 811. It's not too difficult, I don't think. I've chosen it. I've chosen it. 0800 150 811. To play the vault, you get seven yes, no questions. $100 TRB bonus bet will be yours. Ring us now.